الحمد للہ الحمد للہ وسلم الایمان بدعون This is a common thing that when somebody manufactures some product then together with the product the manual is also presented of how that product should be used the manufacturer knows best what will be the means of gaining the maximum benefit out of that product what will cause damage and harm to the product itself or to the person using it if it is used in a certain way so all these things will be outlined in that manual so therefore the person that is now wanting to derive benefit from that he has to abide by what is in the manual likewise allah tbaraka wa taala created insan allah taala knows best what this insan is all about what are his great potential what is his good potential and his great qualities within him what are his weaknesses so allah taala provided the manual of the quran sharif to guide him and not only allah taala provided the manual of the quran sharif but allah taala then sent down the anbiya ali musallatu wasalam and finally rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam to teach the person how to abide by the manual So Allah Ta'ala sent the instructor as well that this insan Allah Ta'ala knows what is going to be of benefit to him what is going to harm him so Allah Ta'ala gave this complete detailed guideline in the Quran Sharif and sent Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to show him the way as well then together with that whatever product is manufactured the safety features will also be in that product for example somebody manufactures a car so that car can travel at great speeds 250 kilometers an hour so there will be an equally powerful braking system also this car can move at that speed so the braking system would also be accordingly because this safety feature is vital for this car to be safe imagine this car not having brakes it's traveling at top speed that will be the first journey will be the last so likewise insan has great potential and together with the potential there are various inborn needs within him inborn feelings in him and he has great potential allah taala has placed some safety system in him also that this potential on the one side 
is tremendous, but if this is without brakes, then there can be some very fatal accidents. So what is this braking system within this insan? This is the braking system that is known as Haya. The translation of Haya is generally by means of the words of modesty, shame, shyness. But none of these words can do justice to the reality of the word Haya. These are all just close uh, meanings, something that gives an idea of what Haya is all about. But the reality of Haya is far deeper than this. The reality of Haya is something that we will inshallah understand from a hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa So in any case, this is the breaking system that Allah ta'ala has placed in this insan. If this breaking system is there, then inshallah everything will be in order. Then he will not rob anybody because he has haya, he has shame in him. He will not harm somebody's honor and dignity. He will not be cheating behind people's backs. He will not be living a double life in public something and privately something else because haya is there. This haya is a very, very vital component in this product that will keep it functioning in the way it's supposed to be functioning. And then the maximum benefit he'll get in dunya, he'll have a good life, his izzat will be protected, his honor will be protected, nobody will harm his dignity, he will be treated with respect and honor. And inshallah he will conduct himself and he, others will conduct themselves with him in a positive way. And then what's in the akhirat is a real thing, then there for him is only happiness. But if haya is missing, if haya is missing, then let alone get involved in every other vice, a person will even boast about it. One is to do the wrong. But when haya starts disappearing, diminishing, then let alone do the wrong, a person will then even publicly boast about the wrong he did. He will defraud somebody and then he'll say, you saw how I bought him and sold him. He'll make a public declaration about it. I took it away from under his nose, he didn't even know what happened. So now he's expecting a pat on the back for that. For how smart he is that he could rob something in, from somebody in a way that person didn't even know he got robbed. So this is when haya starts disappearing, then all these things will come about. Then somebody's izzat won't be respected. Somebody's wealth will not be honored. Somebody else's life will have no meaning. And then other unspeakable things will also become common in society. Things which cannot be repeated in the house of Allah Ta'ala. But all kinds of things which are even beyond the imagination and beyond human thinking. Let alone a person with Iman. But when this becomes the situation that these brakes start failing. Now that car can move at 250 kilometers an hour. But the brakes are failing. 
So when the brakes are failing, then the end result is obvious. There are going to be fatal crashes. Then you'll hear of incest and you'll hear of what not. Because his brakes have failed. So this is the aspect that is being taught to us and this is such a vital aspect. Such a vital aspect. That in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam says, that إِذَا لَمْ شِئْتَ That if you don't have any modesty, any shame, then you will do what you wish. When a person doesn't have any modesty and shame, then it doesn't affect him anymore now that who is saying what, who is thinking what. One level is that a person is now doing something, but he's concerned others mustn't come to know. Now this too is a problem that he doesn't have haya from Allah Ta'ala. But now there's still some degree of shame and modesty from people. But as this starts diminishing further, one was that a person now was committing a serious crime and a serious wrong by sitting somewhere privately behind some closed door and closed curtains and he was watching some filth. But then that itself starts eroding the haya further. Then he starts looking at that filth sitting on the same bed next to his wife. These are not something based on hearsay. First hand reports when people have to now try and re-mend their lives. See, this is what I got caught up in. This is where I fell. Now, how do I wake up from here? Now, where does this come from? It comes from the lack of haya. When haya starts diminishing, because this is such a vital branch of iman. And Nabi Islam is saying that when haya is gone, fasna'ma shi'ata. You do what you wish. Like one poet, he puts it very nicely, that إِذَا لَمْ تَخْشَ عَاقِبَةَ اللَّيَالِ وَلَمْ تَسْتَحِي فَاسْنَعْمَا تَشَاءُ فَلَا وَاللَّهِ مَا فِي الْعَيْشِ خَيْرُ وَلَا فِي الدُّنْيَا إِذَا ذَهَبَ الْحَيَاءُ He says, if you have no fear, no fear of Allah Ta'ala, that is the main thing. And then when haya diminishes, then even the fear of what people will think, what will say, that also goes away. My life. Why must anybody tell me what to do? So the Pope says, when this becomes the case, then do what you wish. And then he says, Wallah, there's no good in life left. And there's no good in the world if haya is gone. If haya is gone, then nobody's respect is left. Nobody's honor is left. Nobody's dignity is safe. And nobody's property and life is also safe. See, if haya is gone, what's the good in life? And what's the good in the world when there's no haya left? It becomes like a jungle with animals. So this is a very great branch of iman. In the hadith, Nabi Islam says, وَالْحَيَاءُ شُعْبَةٌ مِّنَ الْإِيمَانِ That haya is a major branch of iman. شُعْبَةٌ أَيْ شُعْبَةٌ عَظِيمَةٌ It's a big branch of iman. When haya will collapse, so many things will collapse with it. When haya will collapse, respect will collapse. How many a times a child does something disrespectful and he's reprimanded that have you got no shame? Because that disrespect stems from a lack of shame. When haya will collapse, justice will collapse. A person will deal with anybody as he wishes. Doesn't matter to him. 
So whether he's trampling somebody's rights, he's oppressing his wife, he's oppressing his own parents, or whose haq he is taking away, whether in order to make that 50th million, he's taking away somebody else's slice of bread, all that will mean nothing to him. That just in order to now reach a certain target, so he's taking away somebody else's only slice. That told me nothing. And anything and everything will go. When? When haya is gone. Justice will go. Respect will go. And so many things will go with it. So this is something that has been emphasized so greatly because haya, when this goes, this haya being lost can become the stepping stone to a person even losing his iman. The hadith Nabi Islam says that Al-Iman wal Hayau Qurina Jami'a. Iman and Haya, they are linked. Ida Rufi'a Ahaduhuma Rufi'a Al-Akhar. They are very close companions. When one goes entirely, the other will follow it. When Haya has gone completely out of a person's life, then it's Allah Ta'ala protect the person, then, then his Iman is hanging on less than a thread. Anything will do now. How many times people then will just make any statement, do anything and then justify it on top of that because haya has gone. So now a person will start justifying the haram that he is doing. And justifying the haram is kufr. Person is clear cut haram, something that is clearly established as haram. Interest, the Quran Sharif declares war on interest. Now a person will start justifying interest. That becomes kufr. So this is this great branch of iman which has been highlighted in the Quran Sharif, highlighted in the ahadith. And this is what we have to understand. What is this haya all about? One is the con- concept of haya that we have in our mind. Well, shame, modesty. But what is the reality of this? The reality of this we will understand from the Qur'an Sharif, from the ahadith of Rasulullah from the lives of the sahaba ikram. In the Qur'an Sharif, Allah Ta'ala describes one incident, Allah Ta'ala has preserved this incident for us. It's a lengthy incident, the incident of Hazrat Musa wasalam, when Hazrat Shaib wasalam, had to send his daughter to call for him. Musa wasalam, had just come, he was in a strange place, he had no knowledge of who's here, Lengthy incident, in any case, there was nobody else available to go and do this job. So Shaykh was not in a position to be able to do it. He was an old person. So he had to send his daughter. So she came. So when she came, one is that the Quran Sharif is describing this. So the simple thing was that she came to tell him, my father is calling you. But the Qur'an Sharif doesn't say anything just for the sake of saying it. There's lessons where that one word has more than an ocean of knowledge in it. Allah Ta'ala says, فَجَاءَتْهُ إِحْدَاهُمَا تَمْشِي عَلَى اسْتِحْيَا فَجَاءَتْهُ إِحْدَاهُمَا تَمْشِي عَلَى اسْتِحْيَا One of the daughters came. How did she come? Now there's a complete simile that is being presented here. Like a person riding on some conveyance, some animal, some horse, camel. 
And a person is riding on a horse, so he has to be very firmly mounted. Otherwise he'll fall off. So that picture of a person very firmly mounted on something, this simile is being presented that as if Haya was her conveyance. And she came riding on this conveyance. In other words, from head to toe, she was Haya. Where is this? And where is that manner of some woman walking where she's attracting everybody's attention and becoming the center of attraction? How far away is that from this manner of walking which the Quran Sharif is describing? That she came walking as Haya personified. Now this is Haya being taught. That there's Haya in even how a person walks. There's Haya in how one talks. There's Haya in whether a person does talk or not. Hazrat Aisha Siddiqah radiallahu ta'ala anha. It's again a very lengthy incident. The incident which is known as the incident of Ifq. Where Nabi Islam was returning from one battle. And en route, he camped at some point, point. And suddenly there was some misunderstanding. Aisha had gone to fulfill her need. A distance away. And the woman would be carried in this hodaj, a little carriage which would be fully curtained. And that would be carried and placed on the camel and they would move. She was a young person and they didn't realize she was not inside. It was curtain closed. So they took it and put it on the camel because now suddenly the command was that we're moving. Everybody moved away. And now when she came back, she had in that moment lost something. So she was looking for it. She got late, delayed. When she comes, everybody is gone. Now she's thinking what to do. The only thing is to sit right here and wait because at some point they will discover my absence and they will come looking for me. So the best thing is to be right, right where my place is. So she sits down there but as it happens after a while she falls asleep. There was another sahabi as Safwan bin Mu'attal radiallahu ta'ala Nabi Islam had ordered him to stay far behind the caravan and to come slowly anybody has dropped something somebody has forgotten something this was his responsibility to pick up things as he comes along. He comes and in the distance he sees that somebody is here in this desert alone. And Aisha radiallahu ta'ala in the narration of Bukhari Sharif, she is describing this and she says that when he saw me, he recognized me. Now immediately the question will come, how he recognized you? So she says, وَكَانَ قَدْ رَآنِي قَبْلَ الْحِجَابِ That he had seen me prior to the laws of hijab being revealed. Otherwise, after that there was no question. After the laws were revealed, there was no question. But now she was just sitting, waiting, she fell asleep. She didn't have her niqab on. Her face covering. So when he saw her, Ummul Mu'mineen, here in this place, this shocked him. And he suddenly recited, Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un. So when he recited this aloud, she woke up. And when she woke up, what did she do first? So she says, again in the same narration of Bukhari Sharif, فَخَمَّرْتُ وَجْهِي بِجِلْبَابِ 
The first thing I did was, I covered my face with my jilbab. This is not something imported from India. This is something which is in Madinah Sharif. This is coming from Nabi Wasallam's time, from his command. Ummul Mu'minin Aisha Radiallahu is talking about it. She says, there was a stranger now in front of me. And the stranger in front of me, the first thing I did was I covered my face. This is again that haya. Deen is requiring us to maintain this haya. And this haya requires this segregation. Wherever it may be. Whether it is some family function, whether it is some social aspect, whether it is in the workplace, haya requires this segregation. Because without this segregation, there's fires burning in so many places. So now she says, first thing I did was, Now in any case, he worked out in himself quickly, that this is probably what happened. That she got left behind. So now she says, what he did was, he quietly went ahead, and he brought his camel, and he made it sit down. After having seated his camel, he then walked away. So it was obvious now what is required to be done. That I must go and mount the camel. But in order for me to mount the camel, he went away. Again, haya. Then she mounted the camel. Now obviously this is a very, very strange situation that she got left behind. He has to now take care of the situation. He has to get her back to the caravan. So now all these things have to be done. He cannot now just run away from there. So he had to do this. But how is he going about it? And then she says that from ahead he led the camel. And then she says, فَوَاللَّهِ مَا تَكَلَّمْنَا بِكَلِمَةٍ وَلَا سَمِعْتُ مِنْهُ كَلِمَةً غَيْرَ إِسْتِرْجَاعِهِ She takes a qasam by Allah. In that entire duration, we didn't exchange one word. In that entire duration of time. Now imagine, what a, what a situation. Without us, we'll ask 20 questions. What happened? How this happened? Why did you come early? And that conversation will carry on. Let alone something of such a severe nature. Well, it's a colleague at work, or it's the secretary, or it is somebody, but how can I be so rude? How can I not ask how she spent her weekend? So now, how she spent her weekend now? And from there, where to where the... Allah forbid, then they're spending the weekend together. These are tragic situations that are resulting as a lack of haya. So she says, فَوَاللَّهِ مَا تَكَلَّمْنَا بِكَلِمَةٍ The haya, this is a non-mahram. The non-mahram... No conversation. Matakallamna is such a severe situation. We did not exchange one word. Out of severe necessity, something has to be said. Then the Quran Sharif also has explained how it will be said. And who the Quran Sharif made as an example? Ya Nisa an Nabi. Lastunnaka ahadim minan nisa. Initaqaitun fala tahdaana bil kaul. Allah Ta'ala is using that band of people as an example that all the women of the Ummah put together can't compare to any one of them. 
all the women of the ummah in their piety and in their good actions and in their good qualities and whatever else put together combined, they can't come too close to one fraction of these people. And Allah Ta'ala is addressing them and saying, Oh, the wives of the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala, Ya Nisa and Nabi, you are not like any other ordinary woman. You have a very high position. But despite that, Allah Ta'ala is addressing you. That, that you have to speak to somebody out of sheer necessity, then don't speak in a soft, alluring tone. Don't speak in your natural voice. Deliberately make your voice unattractive. Now who is being addressed? Now, this is a concept of haya. Our concept of haya is something far away from this. The Quran Sharif is describing haya. That even haya is in the way a woman speaks. فَلَا تَخْضَعْنَ بِالْقَوْلِ Don't speak in a soft, alluring tone. Make it, natural, make it deliberately unattractive. Now, somebody says, but well, this actually, maybe for some other reason it applied in that time only. Allah Ta'ala says, فَيَطْمَعَ الَّذِي فِي قَلْبِهِ مَرَضٍ Otherwise, that person in whose heart there's a disease, he'll start entertaining evil thoughts. Who is Allah Ta'ala speaking to? And can anybody in this time and age say that I am beyond these people? The Haya, the Quran Sharif is speaking about Haya. In the lives of the Sahaba Ikram, one woman by the name of Umm Khallad radiallahu anha, her son got martyred in one battle. So she came to inquire from Nabi Sallallahu about whatever was necessary to be done now. Where is his body? She needs to take the body and do the necessary. So she came, فَجَاءَتْ مُنْتَقِبَةً She came with her face covered. This too is Madina Munawwara. This is not some thing that's happening in India or Pakistan. As some people try to project this as something that's an Indian thing. No, no, it's not Indian thing. Bukhari Sharif wasn't written in India. And Bukhari Sharif is not compiling what happened in India. Bukhari Sharif is talking about what happened in the time of Nabi Wasallam and the Sahaba Ikram. So, this is the narration of Abu Dawud Sharif. So she came in this manner that she was covered, her face was covered. So somebody just made a remark at that time that you have been afflicted with such a major situation, your son has just been martyred, but you have come still with this composure, you have had the sense of mind to be composed in this way that you even came with your face covered. So her reply is deserving to be written in gold. What she said? That in Urza Ibni فَلَمْ أُرْزَأْ حَيَائِي In Urza' ibni فَلَمْ أُرْزَأْ حَيَائِي If I've lost my son, I haven't lost my haya. Yes, I've lost my son. But that doesn't mean I must also lose my haya. My haya is something else. If I lost my son, then that will still not move me to one inch beyond what the dictates of haya are. So this is the way that they live this haya. And they have shown us what the reality of haya is. And what this haya means. 
ಒನ್ಸ್ ಮುನ್ಸಿರ್ ಬಿನ್ ಜುಬೇರ್ ಅದಿಲ್ಲಾಂತ ಅಂಡರ್ಸ್ಟುಡ್ ಹಯಾ ಇನ್ ವಾಕಿಂಗ್ ದ ಡಾಟ್ ಆಫ್ ಶಹೀಬ್ ಅಲಿ ಸಲಾತು ಅಸ್ಸಲಾಂ ಹಯಾ ಇನ್ ಟಾಕಿಂಗ್ ಇನ್ಸಿಡೆಂಟ್ ಆಫ್ ಸಫಾನ್ ಬಿನ್ ಮತ್ತಲ್ ಅಂಡ್ ಆಯಿಷಾ ರದಿಲ್ಲಾಂಹ ಅಂಡ್ ಹಯಾ ಇನ್ ಡ್ರೆಸ್ಸಿಂಗ್ ಹಯಾ ಇನ್ ಟಾಕಿಂಗ್ ಆಲ್ಸೋ ವಿ ಡಿಸ್ಕಸ್ ಅಂಡ್ ಹಯಾ ಇನ್ ಡ್ರೆಸ್ಸಿಂಗ್ ಮುನ್ಸಿರ್ ಬಿನ್ ಜುಬೇರ್ ಅದಿಲ್ಲಾಂ he came back from iraq so he brought one present some cloth fabric for his aunt who was his aunt hazrat asma bint abi bakr radhiyallahu ta'ala anha the daughter of abu bakr radhiyallahu anha at that time she was an old lady she was already completely blind she had turned blind so any case he sent this present with somebody so when they gave it to her she is blind so she starts feeling it with her hand and when she felt it he said uff ruddu alayha alayhi kiswata oh oh what did this fellow send send it back to him so it was returned when it came back to him he felt very hurt i brought something with such mohabbat and she sends it back so he came along and he came to inquire but why did you send this back and he thought that she is blind so maybe she felt the fabric and thought that this is a bit transparent so he replied so he came and now he's explaining to her innaha la tashif this is not transparent this is quite uh, it covers everything properly it's not transparent so she felt he said to him that innahu illam tashif innahu yasif that the fabric is such i can feel it that if this does not if it's not transparent it is still such that it will be figure hugging it will show off the figure and the shape this is bad enough take it away from here now this is haya where is this level that has been taught to us in the ahadith in the lives of the sahaba ikram and where have things dropped the thing is that just as this vehicle that can travel at 250 kilometers an hour then those brakes that are fitted in it have to be maintained and as those brake linings wear off and if it is not maintained and if it is constantly exposed to a lot of wear and tear then unfortunately some day it will snap it will break and then all hell will break loose likewise this haya if it is constantly exposed to those things that damage it this is some article that was written by some dr bayer 15 odd years ago maybe more and he was a director of some center in america something so this is not coming from some member of the masjid this is coming from those who actually are the producers of all this so his statistics are what he had compiled that time this is now 15 odd years ago that by the time a child has reached the age of 17 by the time he's reached the age of 17 the average child has the average person young person has seen between 200 to 400000 200000 to 400000 immoral acts on television of varying degrees immoral but the problem is that when these things become common 
then society starts taking it, there's nothing wrong with it. And people actually start saying it, what's wrong with it? And they'll be starting to fight for those rights, so-called rights in big inverted commas. This is our rights. We know what's going on in the world. What kind of rights are being fought for? What kind of laws are being legislated in parliaments? The worst kind of filth and the worst kind of immorality is now officially legalized. And then a person talks against it, that this kind of lifestyle of living this animal way of life, animals also don't live like that, the gay lifestyle and all these things, this has become a crime to speak about in many places. Speak about it, it's hate speech. Now, In this manner, this whole haya is being very, very systematically being destroyed. That the word of haya becomes hate speech. So that haya must be destroyed at every level. There mustn't be any haya left. And then there's a free fall. So when this haya is going to be constantly exposed to things that damage it, what is being watched, then as we explained earlier, first a person will do the haram quietly somewhere. Because there's still some level of haya. But then as that gets damaged further and further, now he's doing it in public. And then he's boasting about it also. He's sitting on the same bed next to his wife and he's looking at the worst filth. So this haya is a very, very vital component. And the explanation of this haya is in one hadith of Tirmizi Sharif. Once Nabi Sallallahu addressed the Sahaba Ikram and he said to them, Istahyu min Allahi haqqal haya. That adopt haya from Allah Ta'ala in the way that you should be having haya from Him. So the Sahaba Ikram, they replied and said, Nastahi min Allah, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, all praise is due to Allah Ta'ala that we have haya for Him. We don't duck and dive and do things behind anybody's back that nobody is watching, so we close the curtains and close the doors so we can do what we want. Alhamdulillah, we're not doing that kind of things. We are not living a double life. In public, we are. Junaid Baghdadi and in private then even shaitan is sometimes feeling embarrassed there's some level of embarrassment coming to Iblis also so this is not our case so Nabi Islam said that is in its place I'm not referring to that I'm referring to something beyond that also now this is haya Nabi Islam is explaining that haya from Allah Ta'ala has dictates certain dictates وَلَكِنَّ الْإِسْتِحْيَا مِنَ اللَّهِ حَقَّ الْحَيَا أَن تَحْفَزَ الرَّأْسَ وَمَا وَعَى That haya from Allah Ta'ala requires that you look after the head and whatever it contains, all the things in the region of the head, the head itself, the mind, look after the mind, don't fantasize, don't bring about all kinds of evil thoughts, don't premeditate how you're going to rob the next person. That's all against the dictates of haya. Don't be conjuring all kinds of evil pictures. The mind, the eyes in the same region. What do you look at? What are you reading? As we explained just now, the things that keep exposing, keep uh, damaging this haya, among the things, the newspapers. What is in the newspapers? There's very little news left. There's 90% propaganda and maybe 10% news. 
And in the midst of all that is total shamelessness spread around from page one to last page. Many years ago, I'm talking about in my childhood, I can, whenever I can picture the first newspapers that I saw at home, the first newspapers, the con- consciousness of having seen a newspaper, then at the same time is the consciousness of a torn newspaper. My maroon father, Allah is covered with nur. We're talking about in the early 70s, that's my consciousness. At that time, Allah knows best what the papers were. But even then, as soon as that newspaper would come in the house, he would buy that newspaper once in a while or whatever. He would first tear so many things out. What he was tearing, Allah knows, we didn't know. We're too small to even understand what he was tearing and why he was tearing anything. Talking about the early 70s. But my recollection of a newspaper is a torn newspaper. The first recollections. And now that newspaper lies in front of anyone and everyone. Mother and son are jointly reading the newspaper. Simultaneously. Father and daughter are reading it at the same time. All sitting in the same room, reading the same things. What gets left of Haya? What gets left of Haya when that whole family is sitting and watching the same filth? Mother and son and father and daughter all sitting and watching it jointly. What gets left of Haya between them then? So, looking after the eyes, from looking at haram, looking at evil, looking after the ears, from listening to all kinds of filth, all kinds of immoral talk, all kinds of shamelessness, protecting the tongue, from talking all kinds of lurid things, all kinds of immoral things, indecent things, and tahfaz ra'sa wa ma wa'a. وَالْبَطَنَ وَمَا حَوَىٰ Haya requires that you look after your stomach and what it entails. That the food that goes into that stomach must be pure, must be halal and tayyib. Because that is what will give rise to good thoughts. When pure food will go, that is going to be converted into blood after the processes. And that blood is going to flow through the heart. And that heart is then going to be thinking good. Because it's nourished by pure blood. The blood itself may be nudges, but that noor of the good food will come through with it. So you look after that also. Haya requires that you remember death and you remember the decaying in the grave. And further Nabi Islam gave so many other details in it. So this haya is an all comprehensive concept. It's not something that is just one aspect or just how to just conduct oneself in some aspect of life. From every little thing to the biggest thing, haya encompasses it all. And haya is that breaks. Those breaks fail, it's a major problem. Then it's very difficult to stop a person. He says, my life. Who are you to tell me? Then he'll tell his parents the same thing. It's my life. Why you must, how can you stop me? I'll live my life. So the way forward is, that is the crucial aspect. That when there is a cancer, the first thing is to remove the cancerous tissue. If the cancerous tissue is not removed, then the treatment might not even prove beneficial. So to remove all these things that destroy Haya from the lives of our families, and this is again a very slippery slope. When it starts slipping, it's very hard to arrest it. One of the major things that destroys haya is sins themselves. 
It becomes a vicious cycle. When a person engages in sin, it decreases haya. And a decrease of haya then takes a person to further sin. And then further sin again brings the haya down. To the point then he starts sinning openly. Then he starts boasting about his sin. And then he's on the edge of iman and kufr. So to remove the things that destroy haya, all those things, all those instruments and devices and whatever else, the shaitan box and all these things that destroy haya, to remove these things from our lives. What literature our children are reading? What kind of novels they are reading? Sometimes those novels, that novels are such that it will make even, maybe, even shaitan blush. But that is what is being read. Now what is going to be the outcome? What is going to be left of haya? And the thing is that all these things start registering on the heart. Then they start getting played out in real life. Now when a person is now wondering what happened? How did this happen? Where it came from? It all came over time. One thing at a time, it all was registering. Now it's replaying. So to remove all these things, to start bringing the positive things in our lives, together with removing all this cancerous tissue, to bring the positive things in our life, bring alive the talim of the fazail kitabs in our homes. This is a very major injection of haya, because when iman will build, then haya will grow with it. Haya and iman are linked. To be in the right company, to read the right things, to be engaging the heart and tongue in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. Daily recitation of the Quran Sharif. Being in the company of pious. Being in those environments where deen is being spoken about. Going out in the path of Allah Ta'ala from time to time. All these positive things and repeatedly discussing the importance of haya with our families, with whoever we can. Bringing this concept alive. Because when haya goes, then it will take everything with it. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala, give us a tawfiq, give us this reality of haya, enable us to maintain this very, very fundamental branch of deen, this branch of iman. And Allah ta'ala, keep us on that path that Nabi Islam has taught. Allah ta'ala, save us from every immorality, every vice, every evil. Allah ta'ala, protect our iman, keep us with iman, take us with iman, and raise us on the day of qiyamah with iman. Wa akhiru da'awana, and alhamdulillahi rabbil alam.